0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Average Film Enjoyer podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Trey, and I'm joined today by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Jagger. Jagger, how are you doing this morning? I am great. I'm great. Good. Uh, Yeah, so today we uh, are joined by yet another special guest, Uh, one of me and Jagger's favorite uh, movie talkers. He makes great content. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he makes some short films as well. Uh, today we are joined by Wes from West Talks Movies. Wes, you want to tell us a little bit a, a little bit about yourself?
1: Hello. Uh, yes, I am a film student currently, and I do make short films occasionally. I haven't in a hot minute, but uh, that is the goal always to be making something. Uh, you can find my TikTok at Wespresso underscore films. Um, like espresso but with a w in front of it um and yeah uh i'm so excited to be here today thank you so much for having me on um i love this movie so i'm excited to talk about it
0: yeah for sure um so something we like to do uh with our uh guests is we'll have them go through their current top four on letterboxd and talk about like why they's why they's why they love these movies and um and yeah so if you want to go ahead, just so the people uh, who are listening and watching can kind of get the vibe of what kind of movies you're into.
1: Yeah, so I'm into all kinds. My top four I just pulled it up is uh, currently King Kong from 1933, 2001: A Space Odyssey, Cronenberg's Crash from 1930 or 1996, and mm-hmm. Moonlight. Which I think is a fantastic film. Um, yeah, and it rota- it kind of rotates through my uh, top 100. I just kind of select whichever ones I want to highlight at the time that I'm feeling in the mood for. So it changes a lot, but it's always within my top 100 uh, yeah. displayed on my top four.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think the I mean, I've seen 2001, obviously, I think every the only I haven't seen King Kong. I love the character of King Kong. My guilty uh, pleasure movies are the MonsterVerse movies, Uh, like Kong, Skull Island, Godzilla, King of Monster, and I'm just like, I eat that shit up. Uh, So I still need to check that one out. Uh, And I still haven't gotten around to any Cronenberg stuff, um, (laughs) but I've heard great things. Yeah, you
1: got to dive into Cronenberg. He's so weird. He's so great, though.
0: Yeah, I mean Lynch kind of turned me off of weird directors. <laughs> I watched Eraserhead like a month ago for the first time. I was like, eh, I I don't have the brain power to re- mentally receive right. the different themes. Um,
2: Wait, so, so Trey, have you seen any Cronenberg? Like, have you seen Videodrome, The Fly? Any no, I've not. Really? No. Hmm.
0: no, I I'll probably start with The Fly just because that's the one uh that i knew the best or i know the best because i've heard it uh i've i've heard about it so many times
1: yeah the fly's the one i started with actually i think that's a good place to start it's a really good movie cronenberg's just like i feel like he's so different than lynch though because lynch is like psychologically really weird and cronenberg is like all about the body like his plots are not so psychologically strange i mean they are but like the the strangeness, I guess, comes from, like, what Cronenberg's doing to the body. Like, uh, like with the fly, he's turning into a giant fly, you know, and the horror comes from, like, his jaws literally... Like, parts of his body are falling off, and, like, it's really messed up and weird. And uh, and Lynch, I feel like, is, like, similar, but it's all mental. Like, it's psychological. Like, parts of the brain mm-hmm. are falling off. And so it's, like, totally, totally different, but, like, contrasting vibes.
0: Yeah. Um, Something I wanted to bring up before we got in our movie review. Uh, Last night, I I mean, I like looking at people's letterbox just to get their vibe, maybe find some ideas that I want to talk about during the pod. Uh, One thing I wanted to touch on before we get into uh, our review of Rebecca uh, is your uh, thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Because yeah, this is, i was worried about this i was worried about this this is up, top actually. three jack i don't
0: know where this stands for you or if you've even seen it but this is top three tarantino for me easily
2: um okay that's the most popular
1: review too <laughs> hold
2: on a minute so trey i have seen once upon a time in hollywood i don't have it yeah. logged but i got a screener for it when it was like mm-hmm. showing up with sag awards and i didn't watch it until more recently and I liked it, but I would not say top three Tarantino by any means.
0: This is wild. This is, w- sorry, D- D- Wes. What are what, why? How? Explain to me how you have this at a half star. Like, what? What was your thought process
1: here? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Um, I I think the movies, like, like cinema photography is really good and the performances are all really good. I don't want to like shit on the actors or you know the camera work and all of that's really great, but the script is so terrible in my opinion. I think it's it's a shame that literally the first 2 hours of the movie is three disparate scenes, only one of them remotely interesting, which I would say is Bradley Cooper's whole going out to the ranch. That that part is good tension, good interesting storytelling. I don't care for seeing um, Leonardo DiCaprio go through, like, some weird existential crisis while being drunk and crying and punching a mirror. Like, that's not interesting to me. <laughs> like, it would have been if it was, like, a small part, but I feel like that was a big... And I could be misremembering, but I feel like that was a big part of the movie. It was just him being really pathetic. And, and like, it was funny at times, but overplayed, in my opinion. And then there was, like, the other plot, which was just Margot Robbie as Sharon, uh, Sharon Tate going to see herself in a movie which is cute but also it doesn't need to take up that much of a film and then by the time it comes to the end they're like oh we forgot to tell a story here and we don't know how to like we, we've we had an audience in the movie for two hours we got to do something so they like throw in some narration at the end like out of nowhere there was no narration at the beginning that i remember and then all of a sudden 40 minutes to the end they're like oh yeah here's some narration um this is what's gonna happen next <laughs> and then it happens and that's the best part of the movie is the uh the uh Manson uh crew coming and getting their butts kicked is so great so funny but oh yeah just not there wasn't enough for me to care and there was also just yeah, a lot yeah. of really uncomfortable things I think with the Roman Polanski whole vibe um and the fact that like, they don't have to touch on that because the story isn't about Roman Polanski, but, like, if they are going to touch on that, I would appreciate it if they didn't, like, make it seem like Sharon Tate was the one that went after people who looked like 12-year-olds, which yeah. they explicitly say, which I just felt really weird about. But, yeah. um, uh, but like, yeah, I think that's just my main opinion, is that the end is really good, but not enough. Not enough from the beginning building up to that to make me really care by the time we get there.
2: Trey, can I ask you, because you said top three Tarantino. What Tarantino movies is this beating? Because, I mean... Uh,
0: Inglourious Bastards, Both Kill Bills, Reservoir Dogs, uh, Death Proof, uh, Jackie Brown. I mean, the only ones beating this for me are Django and Pulp Fiction.
2: I mean, here's the thing.
0: Here's the thing. Every second of this film, I was locked in. I, the cinematography, the, I think Tarantino is at his best when he's doing this era of Hollywood, like the 60s, 70s era. Uh, I am opposite of West. I absolutely love DiCaprio in this role. That scene where he's in the trailer, like yelling at himself. I am like crying laughing every time. Like, get yourself together, man. You fucking. Idiot. I just think it's so funny. I think Brad Pitt is outstanding in this movie. Um and I think it's just so stylistically pleasing. Um, I have quite a good time. I mean, even like the scene um, with uh, where oh my dogs are home. Um, even the scene where uh, Brad Pitt fights uh, uh, Bruce Lee. It, that that is like comedic gold to me. I just think it's so funny. But the more you see, like that Brad Pitt's character is actually like a psychopath who murdered his wife and stuff like this. Um, it, I just I love it so much. But um, and like I understand your problems with it and and I think that's totally valid.
1: I mean, it's a really pretty movie for sure. It's well shot and the production design is flawless. I just yeah. didn't I didn't feel for any of this any of the story prior to and I think maybe that comes from like the expectations that I went in with because I kind of expected it to be like inglorious bastards, but about the Manson thing. And it kind of is that where it's like an alternative history to what actually happened. But, yeah. like, I don't know. It just felt way too, like, segmented and uh, disparate of, a like, of a story arc that didn't... N- the pieces didn't come together for me, I guess, in in a yeah. satisfying way.
0: Yeah, and I totally get that. I mean, it, it's... Yeah, I, I get that. And the one fun fact thing that I wanted to talk about before we get into our review today... So did you know that the scene where DiCaprio is – his character is testing out the flamethrower, and he's like, it's real hot. Can we turn it down a bit? So that wasn't scripted. That was actually Leonardo DiCaprio asking to turn down the flamethrower, thr- <laughs> and Tarantino just left it in the movie. Wow. So I've always thought that was really funny. But that was um funny. Yeah, let's get into a review today um so today we are reviewing um the number two it was at number 242 jagger i believe if i'm not mistaken
2: Um, um 243 was it happened one night this is 241 holy cow we are cruising
0: through uh this list uh all right number 241 um of the imdb top 250 The Alfred Hitchcock classic, Rebecca. This film came out in 1940. Uh, It stars Laurence Olivier, uh, Joan Fontaine, uh, George Sanders, Judith Anderson, and among others. Um, This movie has a 4.1 overall on Letterboxd with a uh, 8.1 on IMDb. Jagger, do you have the Rotten Tomatoes for this pulled
2: up? Um, because I don't usually use Rotten Tomatoes, but just wanted to see what... Um, Let me get that really quick. I had the Rotten yeah. Tomatoes app pulled up. I just have to put the name in. Um.
0: Yeah, um, so little synopsis for you guys. Uh, this is uh the story of a young woman who marries a fascinating widower only to find out that she must live in the shadow of his former wife, Rebecca, who died mysteriously several years earlier. The young wife must come to grips with the terrible secret of her handsome... Um cold husband max day winter she must also deal with the jealous obsessed miss danvers the housekeeper who will not accept her as the mistress of this house so uh this movie's budget was 129 million uh it it, uh got six million at the box office so pretty pretty solid returns on this um It was very well received uh, by critics, like very well. Um, There's not. uh, It has. Oh, I just found it. Jagger has a a ninety-eight, which I think is absolutely wild. Uh, Yeah, it's. um, It won uh, the Academy Award for Outstanding Production and Best Cinematography for a Black and White Film, Um, but that's about it. Yeah, it's held, it was held very uh, highly by critics when it came out. Some quotes, um, an altogether brilliant film, haunting, suspenseful, handsome, and handsomely played. Because let's be honest, Lawrence Olivier, good-looking dude. Um, uh, Variety called it an art- artistic success, but warned it was too tragic and deeply psychological to hit the fancy of wide audience appeal um yeah so very well received um let's just yeah let's just get into it uh get into our thoughts um wes as our guest and uh i think this is one of your um all-time favorites mm-hmm. why don't you start us off with uh your thoughts on it uh and yeah let's just hear what you got to say
1: i just think it's a uh, really like amazingly shot and the the production design altogether is just incredible. They used a lot of special effects that are seamless in this film, miniatures and puppets even uh, to make things seem bigger. And the scale of the house and the set is it's just out of this world. And it's a very like stunning looking Gothic suspense romance, if you want to call it that. Um, and, and yeah, um, what they said handsomely, han- handsomely w- performed handsomely, <laughs> whatever handsomely yeah everybody in this movie is hot basically like laurence olivier very attractive man joan fontaine is a stunning person um like i mean miss danvers is not pretty but everyone the leads in this movie are so attractive and the costuming even is so well done like at the beginning even when when she's not even married to him and she's just kind of going out with tennis and she has like this like ruffled thing i don't know the costuming is just so detailed and um I think what I really like about this movie is just like how icky it makes you feel because you kind of you want someone as innocent and kind as Joan Fontaine's character, who's never even given a name. You want that person to to succeed because you you feel for her at the beginning. She's, you know, her her father's dead. She's a paid uh, companion to this horrible woman. And she, she has, like, almost no happiness in her life, but she still is very kind to everyone she meets. And I feel like you want something good for her. And then Max comes, and he's not good for her at all. He's a creep. He can't even ask her to marry. Like, he can't even be looking at her. He has to go to the other room to, like, pretend he's tying his tie or shaving or whatever to ask if, if she wants to marry him. He can't even be in the same room as her when he asks her. And, like, uh, and and but, like, because you feel for her so bad, you kind of want her to go with him. At least this is my experience. You're like, oh, he's, you know, he's a mess, but you know, maybe it's like in the 1940s kind of way where he's actually going to be kind of good for you, but he, you know, looks like a mess because that's what the culture was at the time. I don't know. And you kind of hope for that. And of course it's not that he ends up being really, really terrible to her as a, as a husband, totally neglectful. Um, yeah, absolutely doesn't tell her anything so she's completely at a loss for everything that goes on in the house like where her standing is what it means to you know be the woman of a house of such an estate it's just wild she's just such a fish out of water and i feel for her the entire movie and i think that's i think that's the driving point for me is Mm -hmm. just how she comes to realize her standing like that one scene where she finally goes, I'm Mrs. De Winter now. Like, I just want to like, like, Oh, so good. But, um, yeah, I really love this whole movie. I think it's great. (laughs) And at the end when they're kissing and the house is burning down behind them, it's like the original, this is fine meme. (laughs) This is fine. Yeah. It's just, it's a really intense film to me.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: I don't like.
0: This is hard because it's.
2: You're you're so like passionate this... and optimistic know, about and the I movie. Hate,
0: I hate ripping on people's favorite movies. It like went, I don't rip. mind if it's the Raimi trilogy. I'll rip on that all day. I don't care how much you like it. I will make. I will con- convince you that Spider-Man Three is a terrible film. Um, I just I I hate doing it to like classics like this, and. It's, Hitchcock can
1: take it. He's dead. <laughs> rip into yeah. it. Rip into
0: it. And here's right. the thing. Here's the thing. I think Jagger put it perfectly in his review. A misogynistic mess that is agonizing to get through. I will I will be honest with you. At about the hour 15 mark, I turned it on one half speed to get it. It, it was moving so slow. And I was just like, can we please be done? And he... I didn't care, I didn't care anything. like, I will say this, the use of miniatures, that's something I noticed right away, like, uh, miniature sets and everything like that, I loved that, and I saw, like, uh, I'm like, oh, this, like, Wes Anderson probably took a lot of inspiration from this, um, I really enjoyed that, the cinematography was outstanding, um, the use of color, um, our boy Film Gunch, who, Wes, I know you're friends with too, um, he talks about, uh, he has a TikTok. It's one of my favorite videos. He talks about how black and white films are so interesting because it makes you pay attention more to the use of color and the use of lighting. Um, so the use of lighting I thought was really great in this film. But I honestly just, I didn't care about any of these characters. I was, and like, um, like yeah, as you said, like uh, Max, is a terrible person. He's just a misogynistic piece of crap. I and...
2: I believe there was actually one moment where he kind of had made a meal for her and he laid it out on the table for her. And she was just kind of like getting ready to eat it. And his wording was something along the lines of, be a good girl and eat it.
1: Yeah. Eat your eggs like a good girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's so creepy. Yeah, so creepy. It's creepy.
2: <laughs> it,
0: it, 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 it. It's the same way we felt about it happened one night. It's just... It, it, maybe it's because it was a different time or it it, it was that or... It it's just one really day. hard to look past stuff like that. And, I mean, I honestly... I was like... I was half paying attention for the last 30 minutes. I mean, I know what happens. I know what the twist is. Like, Miss Danvers was actually, like, cheating on... Uh, er, yeah, everybody it,
1: was sleeping with Rebecca. Everybody was sleeping with Rebecca. That's yeah. <laughs> so Basically, thing.
0: Rebecca uh, w- w- was a bit loose, and mm-hmm. is a nice way to say that. Um, uh but it's, I just didn't care. I didn't care about these characters, and I, 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 I got to be honest with you. I think Jane Fontaine or Joan Fontaine was terrible in this i thought she gave there's this one scene where she comes down in that big white dress and the hat oh yes uh and laurence olivier is like no you need to put anything else on i don't care um and she makes she literally makes this face like she's like (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just like what what is that supposed to be that looks like you're just constipated It, it 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 just, I don't know. Um, But again, I love the use of miniatures. I love the use of lighting in this movie. I love the use of puppets, as you said, Wes. But I just thought the acting was pretty poor. I thought the writing was pretty poor. And I also thought that it
2: was just like, it was quite boring for me, at least. Jagger, what about you? I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I'm going to say that I was genuinely from the bottom of my heart contemplating half a star and i um i found it to be extremely boring i think that the acting did have moments where it was pretty bad um the writing was pretty predictable um but there were two things that saved this movie for me and it was Mm -hmm. judith anderson's performance which was pretty good I gotta say, as Miss Danvers. Yeah. Did. yeah, I think she did a good job. She did a good job. And then a, rev- re- a review that I read about it that made me, like, laugh, and I was like, oh, all right, okay. And it was the review that said, Miss da- Mrs. Danvers invented the psycho-lesbian cliche, and I think that that was pretty funny. Um. Yeah, she's the reason we got movies like Persona and Mulholland Drive
0: and
1: stuff like that. <laughs> That's actually really interesting because as I was thinking about Mrs. Danver's character in particular and how she kept that room, I was reading the booklet in the Criterion thing and it talks about how like Rebecca's room is like perfectly preserved and also in psycho, how Norman Bates kept Mother's room perfectly preserved. And I was like, How strange is it that there's two Hitchcock movies with heavily queer-coded characters who are both psychotic and both keeping a room of their dead, like loved dead person. <laughs> They're both keeping the room perfectly preserved. Like that's a little strange. Like it's that two nickels meme. I would have two nickels. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty odd, right?
2: Yeah, and I was yeah. actually going to say that that this almost looks like something of a very and I say very, very rough draft of Psycho. And being that this is I'm pretty sure Hitchcock's first feature, if not second. But it's one of his first two at at least, and it almost looks like, I I don't know how familiar you guys are with Ari Aster and, like, his old stuff, but he did Bo years and years and years ago, and then when he finally had the money after making two huge movies, went back to one of his starting projects and decided to expand on it and make it, like, something he's super proud of. And I was almost wondering if that's kind of what happened here, because there are a lot of things here that you could relate heavily to, Psycho. Mm -hmm. So I was almost wondering if after 20 years, Hitchcock said, here's a movie that I like, and I really like of mine. I wonder if I could expand it a little.
1: I think that's actually really interesting, because Hitchcock actually wasn't happy with Rebecca because he felt it was uh, he felt it was Selznick's film because Selznick was the producer and he was super controlling and Hitchcock was really controlling as well. well and then, so, like...
2: Yeah, then you have to wonder, is Psycho Hitchcock's Rebecca?
1: Right. And he actually did remake uh, The Man Who Knew Too Little, a film of his from the 30s that he made in England when he came to America and had more money, and, you know, more star power behind him. He remade that. So that's actually a really interesting point. Um, Psycho really could be his his like re-visiting of themes from Rebecca that he maybe wasn't able to fully uh do under Selznick's, Selznick's control.
0: Yeah, and Jagger, I just checked by the way and he had quite a few projects before he ever did Rebecca. Quite a few, like 8 or 9 in the four in the 30s and a few in the 20s and mm-hmm. he like, started
1: in like 1927, I want to say. You really? Yeah. Or 1925 yeah. might have been his first film, but he doesn't claim it. He claims his first film is The Lodger, which is, I think, his third film, really. But
2: Oh, Google lied to
0: the me. The only one I could find in his filmography on Letterboxd was 27.
1: Yeah, that's The Lodger, right? Yeah. Um, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I think he worked on some German films. Uh, like oh, no,
0: Downhill. Before. Downhill yeah, came after. out mm-hmm. in
1: 1927,
0: but that might be after The Lodger. The Ring 1927 Google is what it looks like boxing movie what i didn't know though is that he that Mr and Mrs Smith i don't know if this is like if the one with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie is a remake but he did a Mr and Mrs Smith in 1941 um so that's very interesting um so that's something i'll have to check out but yeah back to the movie it's just I think Hitchcock is one of the most talented directors of all time. Like, but the, it, 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 later in his career, um, it, it I feel like it definitely took a while for him to get going. But like, you get into the fifties and you got stuff like uh, Rope, and uh, or Rope is actually forty eight. Never mind. But like Dial M for Murder, North by Northwest, Psycho, which came out in 60, Vertigo, The Birds, Rear Window, everything like that. You get some absolute classics, which I'm sure we will be getting to later um, in our IMDb Top 250, at least two or three of those. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It it I just I couldn't get into this one. It did give me big time Gone Girl vibes, though.
1: Yeah, it does have that. Ga- like, Rebecca is the gone girl she's yeah the like one that's gone character yeah um
0: but yeah i don't have its it was just i i mean that's all the thoughts i have honestly jagger if you have anything else you want to touch on um go right ahead but honestly that's all the thoughts i have on it
2: i mean i just found myself very bored a lot of the time almost waiting for it to end and i feel yeah. i feel bad because i feel like this is a movie that i believe has a ton of potential and i think that mm-hmm. it's a movie that technically is phenomenal right yeah but as far as enjoyability goes i mm-hmm. feel like it being technically stunning doesn't really rescue it in my opinion and yeah. I just found myself being agonizingly bored. Uh so maybe that's just me. Um, but I don't know. Not not for me, but for other people I could see how they could love it and I'm very happy that they do.
0: Yeah. Uh any any last Thank thoughts you. from you Wes?
1: Yeah, I think um what makes it really still have an impact to me and I think what makes it like the test of time i guess in my opinion is that while there are like a lot of misogynistic things happening in the movie it's really more about how joan fontaine's character is psychologically reacting to the misogyny in her life she's constantly compared to the former mrs de winter rebecca she's constantly you know constantly expected to upkeep these you know, woman of the house duties that she has no idea what they are because she's, you know, she's a poor person. She, you know, is in a totally different class than she's ever been. And then whenever she asks people about it, they're just kind of like, Oh, I find it refreshing that you're dumb." (laughs) Like, it's like, ouch, (laughs) like every time somebody is even nice to her, it's always a backhanded compliment. Like, um, I can't remember his name at the moment, but, uh, the one man that she's having the conversation with at the very beginning. And he says, I think it's refreshing that you're not from, you know, this realm. And, uh, Mm -hmm. You know, he says something like, oh, you have you have like innocence and charm and, you know, you don't need beauty or wit. (laughs) It's just like, "Ouch!" like what the heck? (laughs) Like she can't even get a compliment without being torn down in some way. And I think I just really relate to somebody who I guess, you know, is kind of unsure in their place in the world. Mm -hmm. And like just constantly going around being like torn down by people who think they're being kind, but they're not. Or maybe they don't even think they're being kind. Maybe they're just trying to appear kind, but just being rude. And then, of course, you have Mrs. Danvers, who is like, "I was in love with Rebecca. Basically, like, you could never compare. Like, Rebecca is gorgeous and perfect and wonderful. What are you? You're some poor little girl that got picked up by Max on the, you know, from from his trip to Monte Carlo. Like, nobody cares about you. You're never gonna, you're never gonna compare to what was before you. And I think, like, I think that's a really important story to like be told cuz it probably was a lot of women's reality um in in this day and age um mm. you know when they didn't have any rights and basically their status was everything so yeah you know to marry up would be a huge thing for someone like uh, like jo- Joan Fontaine's character and to then be so unsure and to never even be able to enjoy that um i think is really like an impactful story um, and it's not going to work for everybody. And some people just aren't going to like at all relate to the story. And I totally get that, but I think it is really well told in that regard. Yeah, for
0: sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So ending with our thoughts, uh, I think the West, you have it at a five star. I have it at a star and a half for 28 out of a hundred and uh, Jagger, has it at one star Um, so before we get into our questions for the film um, I would just like to say if you are watching us on YouTube right now please click the subscribe button click the like button Um, if you're listening to us subscribe to the podcast please we love all the support again um, our merch is live the uh, link is in our YouTube description we got some awesome stuff go get your your, uh, pickleball set uh average film enjoyer, pickleball set go get your hat go get your tote bags uh and be looking out october 1st we will have limited edition halloween spooky season merch dropping uh that's related to some of mia jagger's favorite uh spooky season movies so if you go and listen to our past episodes you might be able to figure out uh, what some of that might be related to um so uh but yeah let's get into our questions for the film first question what is the most rewatchable scene for you guys I mean, honestly, for me, Jagger, it's going to be the same one as Persona. I don't know if you remember what our most rewatchable scene for her. I don't know if you ever listened to it, but uh, the last uh, about the last minute when I realized the movie was ending. and
2: <laughs> I'm going to go with the kiss in front of the fire. I think that that gave me a little chuckle. I... I, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of anything else. I'm struggling. Or,
0: or the opening, where they use... uh, The opening, like, two minutes, I thought was really solid. I, I quite enjoyed that. The um, miniature sweep? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, Wes, what about you? Most rewatchable scene?
1: The scene where she answers the phone and she goes oh mrs de winter i'm sorry you've made a mistake she's been dead for over a year clink <laughs> she's wow, just like oh that was really funny.
0: It's <laughs> so funny and she's like wait oh no i'm mrs de winter yeah she's <laughs> like oh shoot <laughs> no so
1: yeah good. that was
0: that was quite funny um all right yeah uh, who won this movie so Wes, this is a little uh section we like doing um it's basically like if this movie won an Oscar, what would it win, or uh, whatever? Who like who won this movie?
1: I think Rebecca won this movie because she's not even in it, and it has her name on the title.
0: <laughs> That's a valid take.
1: That's a totally valid take,
0: Jagger. What about you?
2: Uh, Mrs. Danvers, for sure. Yeah, Judith she was Anderson. very solid. Yeah.
0: I mean, for me, it's who, whatever guy was the set designer. So whoever like built the miniatures and stuff like that, that's about the only part I enjoyed of this movie. So uh, if, you're probably not listening to this because you're probably dead. But if you are, if, if you're like dad designed the miniatures for this movie or like your grandpa or something, thank, thank you. Thank you. I, I quite enjoyed that part. Um, does this movie belong on the IMDb Top 250? Wes, does it belong?
1: Yes, I, I think so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jagger, I already know your answer. All right, Probably the so, same
2: as mine. Okay, so here's my answer. Um, at number 30-something, Lay's Psycho, which is better, so no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to say no because the superior version is on there already. Yeah, I'm going to say
0: no because what I always think of is like, I'm like, okay, La La Land is not on the IMDb top 250. Would I put this movie above La La Land or would I think La La Land would be better here? That and is I think a, La La Land.
2: Trey, that is an unfair rating system because La La Land is your number one of all time.
1: Okay. Fine. La La Land's is not on the top 250. I'm surprised it's about not, that. Actually. It's an
0: absolute disgrace that movies like. Like Life of Brian are above La La Land and are not, and it's not on the top 250. It's a, it's a disgrace.
2: I mean, I my hot make...
1: take is, is I, I oh. don't like La La Land that much actually, but oh, I'm surprised dang. it's not on the top 250. I'm very surprised about that. That was, that's right. news to me. What, what, let's get back to this. What? you, How do you, what? i yeah i don't love la la land um so i just lost all my credibility for the people who were like yeah this guy's rooting for rebecca because they're all like oh he doesn't like La mm, nope not anymore but um <laughs> i I'm looking for your review right now yeah i probably never reviewed it i probably gave it a star rating of like a star and a half um i probably didn't no. give it <laughs> what two stars what Oh, I gave it two stars? That's more than I thought I gave it. It's not my favorite Chazelle film. I like First Man, um, but that's really neither here nor there. Um, I just think, uh, I don't know, Um, something about La La Land doesn't work for me. It feels just a tiny bit too artificial and a tiny bit uh, like, none. Like I cannot stand Sebastian as a character. Um, I think he's one of the most annoying human beings ever written. Um, And I love Ryan Gosling but that uh, means and you I can't him.
0: stand me because i am i am are him. You Sebastian? i'm literally him oh
1: no <laughs> i mean yeah we're all literally ryan gosling though i'm 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 Everybody him he is <laughs> from first okay, man i whiplash i actually haven't seen that one yet i saw the short film um and i haven't seen the actual film whiplash yet but I'm, sh- I'm sure i'll love it because i You're love telling me. everything else that was made my heart other than is ball breaking balling
0: right now my heart is breaking
2: yeah we were talking about doesn't in- belong so the third i'm gonna be like now. checked
0: out for the rest of this episode with all the la la land hate i'm so sorry
1: no i don't fine. i don't I'm hate there. it i just don't like it and i've tried i've it's tried fine. i'll watch it's it again good. sometime and, and I, maybe... I do
0: love first man like i don't hate first man i think first man is an amazing film um that and is, and is nobody underrated.
1: ever gives it the attention it deserves no,
0: it's like the it's most not, underrated my, chazelle my,
1: i think besides uh
0: God, I don't know. I can't even say that because Whiplash is so unbelievably shot. Damien Chazelle is just a master. He's yeah. he's unbelievable. All right. To our favorite question that we ask for every movie. Wes, if you, I don't know if you've listened to us at all, but we like to do this with every movie. Would this character beat Jack Torrance in a fight? Today we were talking about... Uh, miss van winter or i guess we can talk about max our main character would max beat jack torrance in a fight i would say no i don't um, know about you guys
2: but i don't think so i'm going jack- to bring in a quick yes and i'll explain why we said that the sound of music could win trey come on nothing is out of reason here
0: yeah that's because Who's fighting who? Has the entire austrian naval force behind him
2: what, what does Max have? A few maids? Max has Mrs. Danvers, who's like a pyromaniac. I mean, you're telling me that there's no way that those two together, who are both like psychotic human beings, couldn't beat one psychotic human being? I mean, I guess that's valid, but I, I just don't see that
0: happening. I just don't.
1: Jack's very susceptible to spirits, and if we're going to say that Manderley is haunted by Rebecca, are we saying that Jack is susceptible to the haunting of Rebecca's ghost? This is true. And, if we're saying that, are we saying that Rebecca could then beat Jack Torrance by driving him mad?
2: Theoretically, yes, and also jack already yeah. lost to ice why can't he lose to fire i mean we saw the end of this movie went up in flames we've yeah. got so many reasons to say yes yeah so is this a yes on jack torrance
0: yeah i think jack I torrance loses is. <laughs> i guess it is wow two two
1: two episodes in a row jack torrance gets pooped on and no, I- he just, he's not wielding his axe though during this he's like no, axe-less. He's not, no <laughs> weapons
2: and I think our next movie is probably another yes as well.
0: What's our next one? Cool Hand oh, Luke. Oh,
2: Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's probably also a yes. He's a cool I I haven't guy. watched
0: it yet, so I can't say 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 anything to that. But but um, yeah, maybe. All right. Um, um. So, getting in to our next section. Um, we are going to do If You Like This, You'll Like This. Um, this is a section run by yours truly um, I, because I love giving my friends film recommendations, and I know some of our listeners are always looking for some good film recommendations. So if you liked, um, if you liked Alfred Hitchcock, the guy who directed this, if you liked his directing style, go check out Psycho. Um, which is an amazing, amazing horror film. Uh, Vertigo, Rear Window, The Birds, North by Northwest, Rope, Dial, I mean, I could keep going, Dial M for Murder. Um, just a very talented director. Go check out some of his stuff if you like. Lawrence Olivier, so the guy who played Max. Um, go check out Spartacus, which is an uh, older Kubrick uh, film. Go check out Marathon Man with, I believe, Dust. that's a Dustin Hoffman film. Uh, Clash of the Titans um, is another solid one, um, and then if you like Joan Fontaine, go check out uh, Suspicion or Letter from an Unknown Woman or Othello. Um, all of these are movies which I've not seen, but I'm sure they're great. Um, and if you like like this kind of thriller drama type deal, go really go check out anything by David Fincher. Um, so Zodiac. Gone Girl, uh, I mean, stuff like that. Um, go check out, uh, The Black Phone, Prisoners, Get Out, uh, The Menu is a really solid recent thriller, uh, No Country for Old Men, Seven, I, I mean, I, again, I could go on and on here, um, do you guys have, have any movies you want to shout out for people who like thrillers or any other categories I've gone over?
2: I mean, I've got a few good thrillers that I could just throw out there if you'd like. Yeah, for
0: sure. Throw them out. Thrillers are one of my favorite
2: genres, so. I love a good thriller. Uh, so I've got some thrillers that maybe aren't necessarily for the light of heart, but you should definitely check them out because they're great. Um, Memento, uh, Amer- and- American Psycho, Eyes Wide Shut, Mulholland Drive, Drive. Yeah. Uh, the First Purge, Uncut Gems, Parasite, The Lighthouse, uh, Get Out, Good Time. Those are all some great ones. Uh, yeah, if... Wes, what about you? Do you have any? Oh, wait, can I throw yeah. a quick, like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Jagger. Um, also, really quick, if you're okay with a foreign film, I'm just going to quickly throw out Old Boy and Funny Games, both very rough movies, but if you're able to take a foreign thriller, those are some greats. And lastly, an underrated gem that I'm just seeing on my list now, Sea of Love great thriller al pacino it's really good
1: yeah nice yeah i would uh i if you like rebecca i recommend from 1944 by lewis allen a film called the uninvited is a ghost story and a romance as well so it kind of fits both those vibes i think gone girl is an excellent recommendation for people who like rebecca um and uh shoot uh yeah, there's. I mean, there's so many great like, "Haunting of Hill House" and "Haunting of Bly Manor." I think are yes, both really yeah, great films. That's, film, that's or... what
0: came to my head. The one the, because we were talking about that before this episode. Yeah, go check those out. I talked about it last episode. Um, if you want to hear my thoughts on that, um, yeah, go check out both of those. Anything by Mike Mike Flanagan. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's. I mean, thrillers just a really solid genre where you got a lot of solid films. Um, so. This week we're gonna we're gonna skip high and lows today um, because I want to get in. Uh, we've started. This will be the second episode where we will uh, do uh, this section. Um, also, before we get into that, I'm sure our listeners will want an update. Jagger, you want to update us on uh, as of right now? Today is Saturday, the sixteenth. You want to update us on some of the auction items and what the prices are at? Because uh, Wes, have you heard about this? The SAG after uh, auction that's happening on eBay? Yeah.
1: I have, and some of the items are pretty wild. And I've seen the memes this morning too, and they were pretty funny. Uh, some of those items that they're selling there are pretty wild. Aren't they selling like the uh, apron from the bear? With
0: the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, uh, like a dinner with Bob, Bodenkirk and David yeah. Cross. That's the one we want. We want to have dinner with them. That would be I cool. I did see a Taylor Swift one that I don't know if it's real. Um, I saw one. It was like uh, you you can pay for Taylor Swift to stand at the back of your funeral, yeah. so people would say. <laughs> Uh, did they actually know
1: each other? I think that was one of the joke ones, but that was that's an epic, that's a really that funny joke. Be, that would be so cool.
2: <laughs> as hilarious as that would be, didn't she just break the AMC website with the Eras Tour
1: movie? They had to upgrade their website. I think, like, oh, I'm not yeah. sure if it I broke mean... it, but there was news that like they were fully like preparing for it by upgrading their servers or whatever. Because yeah, I went
2: right. to buy advanced tickets for the new Exorcist, and I had to sit in a forty-five minute queue to actually buy the tickets. <laughs> Wait, why? Is it that popular? Or is it because of the Eras tour release? Because of the Eras tour, available at AMC wow. that they're playing at AMC. Um, I yeah, was I mean, unable to. That everywhere. I was unable to make my time to the Talking Heads "Stop Making Sense" movie. I wasn't able to because I went to buy advanced tickets and wasn't able to because of the Taylor Swift thing. I had yeah. to wait forty five minutes for advanced tickets for the exercise. I it was ridiculous. Yeah, I went once
0: I once I got the notification from the Regal app that they were doing that Taylor Swift Eras tour, I went on to buy tickets for me and my sister to go and they were already like I went on like I'm like, Okay, obviously you gotta go to IMAX, like that's like it, like, this is like a once in a lifetime kind of thing, and you got to go see it in IMAX. Um, and tickets were already sold out for like every single showing. I was like, this is craziness. This is like <laughs> the, this is like our generation's Beatlemania. It's just absolute craziness. Right. Um, Are you guys big Swifties? No, not at all. I'm not. <laughs> oh, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a Swifty. Um, I mean, my little sister is the biggest Taylor Swift fan. I, I will send her like deep cut Taylor Swift videos and she'll like be like, oh yeah, I've seen this. Lily um, she knows everything and she's she's gotten me into Taylor Swift. There are certain songs and certain albums I do enjoy. Um, and I'm, I'm really, I love her as a person because I, I'm and I'm glad like all these young women are into her because I think she is an outstanding role model um and uh uh and i think she makes solid music i mean some of it's not for me but um i do i do enjoy her music um uh, my sister went and saw her in seattle actually wes and i oh, heard yeah that, the,
1: the earthquake the t- yeah, swift earthquake. i heard about
0: that she was at that show and uh i heard it was like un- unbelievable
1: yeah traffic was really bad that day <laughs> i wasn't at the she show, but...
0: show up ice if you're if you're if anybody hears that uh my apologies oh all good.
2: trey we've got like seven new auctions and some of them are even funnier than yesterday all right let's let's get our updates on the sag afra au- auction we're gonna do, we're gonna be doing this every episode until they're done i love nice. this all right so a lot of the prices haven't changed i mean it is still five thousand one hundred dollars to get natasha leone to help you solve the new york times sunday crossword oh, yeah. um <laughs> But now you can get lunch with Emmy-nominated actress Cara Buono, who was Mike's mom on Stranger Things, an an exquisite corpse drawing zoom with Charlie Day and Mary Elizabeth Ellis for $2,025, a Mortal Kombat 1 gaming sesh with you versus Kumail uh, Nanjiani. Nanjiani? Yeah. Kumail Nanjiani?
0: That would be awesome. I love him.
1: Yeah, he's super funny.
2: Um, now you have Dolly de Leon, uh, bringing you from bar to bar in West Hollywood. Um, Mm -hmm. the John Lithgow, uh, more, uh, watercolor portrait of your dog went up to 4,300. Um, my dad really wants that.
1: I feel like that's worth it because a watercolored painting by John Lithgow is going to be worth something one day like a good amount of money i feel like
2: for sure david Crumholtz will serenade you on zoom for five hundred dollars um yes please the 20 questions 20 minute zoom with sarah silverman went up to one thousand nine hundred and seventy five dollars the maggie gyllenhaal one is still the same price it is now three thousand one hundred and fifty dollars to take the pottery class with busy phillips um Mm -hmm to get the shirt from the movie weird, the weird owl movie, uh that mm-hmm. the Hawaiian shirt that Daniel Radcliffe wore, it is $2000. Um chat all things TV writing with Dan Levy over Zoom for $1035. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm Dan Levy desert. is uh
0: he wrote he's on a lot of The Office, right? And Parks and Rec. He's Schitt's Creek. He's hysterical. I know, oh. he's done a bunch of stuff. I'm looking it up him oh damn levy no that guy yeah right is there two damn levies
2: there could be oh the zoom session with spike jones is 5100 dollars now that would um, be a
1: cool session
2: the lost boys or the bill and ted script is now 2025 it went up like 25 bucks
0: okay so there's two damn levies there's eugene levy's son from Schitt's Creek. And then there's Dan Levy, uh, who is a comedian. Um, uh, and I'm trying to figure out... He's written on a bunch of stuff. Um, let's see.
2: Oh, you can have a virtual coffee conversation with Rachel Bloom. That's cool. Uh, but Oh, one more thing. Uh... The historic Queen Mary LA Drag Club neon sign from TV series Transparent is for sale for six hundred dollars. Cool. Nice. That's I think the cheapest one. We'll need one to two Transformers to power the neon, it says.
1: Did you see that joke, uh the joke listing that was um Tony Collette will yell at you from across the dinner table?
2: <laughs> Wait, that was a joke. I thought that was real. I was ready to bet on that. There's if ver- it were
1: real, people would be, like, clamoring for that.
2: There's very few that actually involve someone coming to your house, though. Wait, where's the yeah. one? I mean, oh, yeah. Terry is number, is number 21 in
0: my top 100 list, so for Tony to collect <laughs> to yell at me from across the table... um i would i i would just die the, yeah. the best joke one i saw was you can uh uh auction for uh matt damon to buy an actual zoo yeah. i saw that and i was dying i thought that was so funny
1: force matt damon to buy a zoo for real yeah <laughs> so yeah those uh, joke ones are great
2: lena yeah. dunham will come to your house to paint a mural on your wall
0: I'm okay.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't that want one's the really cool house. <laughs> um all right. So, yeah, we'll keep everybody updated. Again, go support the uh Sag After a Strike in any way you can. We want uh these people, these people bring so much magic and joy into our lives and they just want to make a living wage. That's all they
2: want. So go support them in any way that you can um if including you, if you are the winner of any of these auctions. And I want anyone yeah. to hear this, and I will post this on TikTok because I need this. If you win any of these auctions, maybe record Natasha Leon helping you with the Sunday crossword. And we will have you on and we will have you share this video with us. And you can be mm-hmm. a part of a segment where you can tell us about your experience with Natasha Leone from American Pie or But I'm a Cheerleader. Any of those things helping you with this New York Times Sunday crossword. That'd be awesome. If you have awesome. any of these experiences, we will have you on our podcast to tell us about it. Show us John Lithgow's watercolor portrait of yeah. your dog by John Lithgow. Yeah, I definitely That'd want awesome. to see that. Yeah. Yes,
0: please, please let us know. Um, but yeah, today we are going to get into my new personal favorite section, um, and that we did for the first time in our last episode. Um, that me and Jagger actually had to limit our time on because we realized how long the episode had been going on. Um, so this section is called uh, "What Happens When You Put a Few Film Bros in a Discord Call." This is basically it, uh, where we just talk. We just talk. We find we do a certain category and we just talk about our favorite movies in that category. And we do what film bros do is just like talk, go from movie to movie and talk about them. Oh, wait, um, so can,
2: I, can I quickly ask one question? Because if we're going to be talking about movies in general, Wes, you were talking about how you're a fan of Takashi Miike, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I love Takashi Miike. I now, haven't seen a lot of his movies because he's made so many, but I've seen, you know, a handful.
2: Now, Trey, the first movie I ever forced you to watch for the podcast was Audition. This is yeah. correct, right?
1: Yeah. What-
2: what do you think of audition, Wes? Because I really liked it.
1: I adore that movie, and also showing it to people that you can that you are friends with that you can you know you're not just showing it to any random person, but like I love showing it to people who are, don't know what it is because you you can explain it all you want. You can be like, oh, it kind of is like a romance drama for a little bit, and then at the end she cuts his foot off, and like people will be like, oh yeah, cool, and then they'll still be shocked when you show it to them, and it's like I told you, that's what happens. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I, and I
2: when she vomits in the bowl and makes the guy eat it, <sighs> uh, I physically gagged. Yeah, so at good. That.
0: But that's that's a great segue into our topic for today, uh, which is thrillers. Ooh. So we can just talk about thrillers. But yeah, that that's funny. What's funny is that me and Jagger weren't even. I wouldn't even. I mean, we, me and Jagger are good friends now. Like we like we like uh, talk a lot outside of the podcast as well. Um, but at that point. He had, like, literally the only thing we had talked about was having me on. I started as I was just going to be a guest on the podcast, and then Jagger was like, I hate doing this by myself. Do you want to be a co-host? And then we kind of just, like, started doing it together, and that's kind of how we got here. It's crazy, man. We've been doing this for a while, and, like, I went back and listened to – sorry to digress, but I went back and listened to our first episode where we, like, talked to the Dark Knight, about the dark knight and i was like talking on my phone through my airpods and i was it sounded like i was just on a phone call it's just crazy how far we've come but it's a awesome. digress yeah jagger was like okay yeah we can talk about the dark knight and stuff and then if you could just watch this movie audition for this episode um <laughs> we like we'll have a bunch to talk about and i was like yeah for sure so i watch audition and i'm like yeah, and it's like it was really slow and this was before i was into like that kind of like romantic slow burn type movies i was like god this is boring what has this guy gotten me into i am not enjoying this at all and then you get the shot of her apartment and the moving bag, and i was like uh, that's odd <laughs> and then the last like 20 minutes i'm like Oh, who am I going to be talking to on this podcast? Sweet <laughs> Jesus, what am I watching? That's so um, funny. um, but yeah, I, I do quite enjoy audition personally.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: another movie that's kind of like Rebecca, I guess, in a weird way because it's uh, you know Asami trying to 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 fill in for this widower's you know what he envisions is the perfect woman. And then, you know, instead, she it, its a person that chops people's feet off. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. With piano wire, much less.
1: Yes, the piano wire. Oh, my goodness. That sound. I can never get that sound out of my head. Yeah.
2: Um, 100%. But one more thing that we were talking about this yesterday, Trey, and I know yeah. you haven't seen it, but Wes, you have. So you're I'm not talking to a brick wall talking about it this time. You like all that jazz, right? I
1: love all that jazz. I am so happy that you saw it and that you loved it. It's so fantastic. It's a fantastic movie.
2: Um, Yeah, I just basically wanted to say it's great. Um, Yeah, so everyone listening, if you get the chance, go watch it. That's all. So thrillers. Definitely. Thrillers. Um, There's a lot of thrillers we can break down. A lot yeah. of them so what do you want to start with as far as thrillers go like where do you want to have our starting point be when it comes to thrillers either of you who are you asking me or Wes either of you yeah
0: I mean I don't know I could go on and on thrillers thriller and horror is like my easily my favorite genre um I we could really start anywhere um let me me see like anything that i'm in thrillers and uh letterbox right now let me see what just kind of pops out to me
2: okay i mean have both of you seen black swan
0: love black I have swan not the only aronofsky i've seen is the wrestler
2: oh man the the aronofsky rabbit hole is a weird and crazy rabbit hole but it's so great yeah um, man Oh, God, I could go on and on about Black Swan. Crazy movie. Great cast. Isn't the guy from La Henne in it?
1: Vincent Cassell?
2: Yeah, yeah, he is. Huh. Yeah.
1: He's the, the um, I don't know if they call him instructor. They probably have a more official ballet title. But, yeah, he's the ballet instructor. Yeah. Wes, have you seen Black Swan? What are your thoughts on it? It's so good. I think it might be Aronofsky's best i don't know it's so hard because it's either that one or requiem for a dream and i also really love pie which some people don't love pie but i think it's fantastic um
2: pie is a weird movie
1: yeah super weird movie (laughs) but like also so brilliant and like it was so funny because um when i first watched it i was the whole numerology thing about it like got me really interested so i was like googling i was like is this all real is like hebrew like actual like the the you know the The hebrew alphabet is also their their numbers and like the word for parent is like the word for child like four and five i don't know i can't remember exactly how they explain it in the movie but um i was like that is so crazy crazy interesting and like i don't know i kind of went through like the same little spiral he does in the movie where he like has to know everything and you know in the end it like ends up being his downfall but it was just so interesting such an interesting movie
0: I think there's a lot of thrillers that do that are just going for like the super messed up vibe. But I also think that there's a a type of thriller that they're just like, they just want to keep you engaged the entire time. And there's a lot of underrated ones that aren't talked about enough. Like a few for me that I think are super underrated as far as thriller slash horror goes is like Cape Fear, uh, the Martin Scorsese one. Where yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it, Robert De Niro, Nick Nolte. Have you guys seen Cape Fear? I haven't. Uh, oh, I keep hearing that, that funny, funny games that? is like
1: kind it's, of similar.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a remake of a 1960s movie. Um, Robert De Niro plays an absolutely psychotic villain, which is very out of character for him, which he we don't see him do a lot. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, I know we talked about this with Seth jagger but m night Shyamalan's the visit i absolutely love the visit and i find that one of the creepiest movies
1: um west have you seen have you seen i don't know if you've seen the visit um, I put it on last night actually but i it put it on to fall asleep too so, so sorry yeah, <laughs> so yeah. i haven't seen it really yeah um
2: underrated thrillers though uh i already brought up sea of love um i don't know if either of you would count the cable guy as a thriller but i kind of would and that's a really underrated movie that i love uh yeah trey you showed me the ritual which even though it is essentially horror that is kind of a thriller uh yes uncut uncut gems i know you haven't seen um that's a movie that i love uh yeah i want
0: to go back to the ritual because it was you've seen that yeah and then yeah netflix i love ritual. the
1: ritual that's a really yeah, good we were ritual.
0: talking about jagger before you joined the call me and wes were talking about how sometimes netflix originals can be pretty weak um i think that's one that's really really solid um i love rafe spall i i i think he's a really talented actor um and that movie gives me the heebie-jeebies every time i watch it and we talked about that i can't remember that was one of our first like one or two episodes jagger that we talked about that film um and the scene that always creeps me out personally is the where they're all sleeping in that cabin that one night and when they wake up and like the one guy is uh on his knees in front of the shrine like naked and the other guy is like pissed his pants and one of the guys is like crying in the corner it's that movie is so unsettling and such a solid thriller um yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely i i revel at any chance i get to talk about that film
1: i think the same director i could be wrong but i think it's the same guy that made uh the night house have you guys seen that with rebecca oh hall
0: Oh God, the night house is so good
1: such a good movie Fantastic, brother. Yeah, so scary. I, like, honestly, mm-hmm. one of the... Some of the spookiest... Maybe not scariest, but spookiest sequences that I've seen in recent memory in that in that yeah. film.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Jagger, have you seen The Night House?
2: No, I have not.
0: I think I recommend it. I might have recommended it to, to you a while ago. It uh, has Rebecca Hall in it, who is outstanding per usual. I think, she, one, just a little, like uh little digressment rebecca hall is one of the most underrated actresses working today she Brilliant. is so friggin talented um and um and she's in another thriller that i quite enjoy uh the gift uh which was I joel i always
1: forget that's her because she's got short hair and i'm face blind but oh my god so good in that movie
0: yeah that movie you want to talk about fucked up endings Oh, the gift.
1: You need to talk about the gift. That ending. I was just like, oh. it's so messed up too, because you feel so much. Like, I, I guess I won't go too hard into spoilers, but you feel so much sympathy for that character, uh, Joel Edgerton's character, for like 100%. a good portion of it. And then when that end comes, you're like, oh, I feel sick now. I feel sick. <laughs> like yeah, you're like you're a terrible person. Oh, terrible. It's a really good film. That's Joel Ed- Joel Edgerton. I think directed that as well. I think yeah. that might be his directorial debut but i'm not sure is, but it's so good impressive. yeah
2: can i quickly break down the lynch thriller rabbit hole because wes yeah. i know you've probably seen more of them and trey this could maybe be a point of recommendations for you
1: mm-hmm.
2: wes have you seen inland empire
1: no i haven't i haven't seen inland or lost highway yet
2: okay i haven't seen lost highway inland empire was a fever dream of a movie that i watched going in completely blind and was absolutely blown away and even though i only have it at four stars it's a movie that i think about every single day since i've watched it and very few movies have done that to me a notable one my dinner with andre is one of those sorts of movies and something about inland empire and like that ending where if you it's a inland empire is full of distorted faces which it does them very well and it is an incredible movie uh you've seen mulholland drive
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. i love that movie
2: mulholland drive is incredible
1: yeah
2: um i'd say twin peaks firewalk with me is a thriller i'd say that uh that was a great one yeah that was a great one. Yeah, my dad,
0: my dad loves Twin Peaks. That's that's one lynch that I'm actually looking forward to is watching the show and then Firewalk with me and then uh the re the re, like uh return Twin Peaks the Return, which
1: Yeah, I really um, want to do that whole Twin Peaks marathon one of these days. I'm so bad at yeah. TV though. I mean, one yeah, of because these days. I also I
0: love um Kyle McLaughlin because I think on the episode last night, me and Jagger were talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Or did I dream that? Yeah, no, we were talking yeah. about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Kyle McLaughlin is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for like one or two
2: seasons. Um, Jagger, do you remember this at all? Did you get that far in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know how far I got, but I think I do remember seeing his face, yeah.
0: Yeah, he plays like Mr. Hyde, and he is outstanding. So I'm looking forward to get getting into that. Um... He's the detective
1: I mean, in in Twin Peaks, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> He's also in Dune. I think he plays Paul Atreides in Dune. Nice yeah. in uh in Lynch's Dune.
2: Um, and just yeah. to bring you into the conversation, Trey, let's talk Eraserhead real quick, because <laughs> Eraserhead I have five stars and consider to be a masterpiece of cinema. I cool. would like to hear what you two think. Because I can talk all day about Eraserhead, so just mention a scene and I'll talk about it.
1: Wes, why don't you go ahead? I don't think it impacted me as much as it impacts a lot of other Lynch fans. Um, I think it's really incredible, a super creative piece of work. Um, I don't know if I walked away from it going like, wow, that really, like, impacted me or influenced me. I think mostly I just feel weird and disgusted when I watch it, but not in a bad way, and, and, and I'm sure that's very much Lynch's intention, but it's just a... It's it's a movie that I would love to watch again, but it's not a movie that I think I would, like, okay. ever watch frequently.
2: Here's a quick thing um, about Eraserhead. Number one, it was my first Lynch, so that's, like, a cannon shot, like, entrance. I totally recommend watching it in the middle of the night, out of nowhere. Because mm-hmm. if you watch it like kind of tired, so you're not like totally aware of your surroundings, and you're able to have a moment where you feel totally immersed, it is mm-hmm. one of those movies that if you feel immersed in it, it will ruin your whole day. And that's exactly what you want to do with it. <laughs> and. I think that it has the potential to be, in my opinion, one of the best Midnight movies. And as a huge Midnight movie fan, as someone who lives pretty close to a drive-in, Midnight movies are a big thing that I am a huge fan of. And I think that this is one of the best that I've seen when it comes to that, just edged out by The Room. Um, Nice. But I think... That watching it late at night is a great experience. So I think that if you didn't like it your first time around, give it a rewatch. Maybe you'll understand it a little more, and watch it late. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Trey, one, I, you did not like it, right? Okay, hey, no,
0: no. I think that's where we get mixed up. I gave it a three and a half stars. Really? So I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was. That's still a positive review. I think that is a film that you need to watch multiple times to really appreciate and i think i've only seen it once and as of right now i can really only feel good about giving it a three and a half but i think that's one that on upon rewatch which i'm not like jumping at the bit right now to rewatch it because let's be honest it is super weird yeah and very uncomfortable at points um but i think that will hopefully. Sorry, uh, excuse me, uh, go up on rewatch. but one movie I wanted to touch on, because, um, Jagger, before we hopped on, before you hopped on while you are finishing up, uh, Rebecca, we, me and uh, Wes were talking about uh, some different actors, and I was talking about uh, Christian Bale and how versatile Christian Bale can be, and one thriller that I wanted to touch on uh, that is one of my personal favorites in the genre and that I think Christian Bale, again... I mean there's no surprise here christian bale gives an absolutely outstanding performance is uh the machinist um i don't know have you guys seen I love the machinist is I the, think the machinist the
2: one the where... is the machinist the one where he's really skinny yeah he's mm-hmm.
0: like 120 pounds soaking wet or something he's yeah. just like a skeleton yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah 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 i'm familiar i'm familiar
0: yeah um i personally really enjoy this movie Um, Brad Anderson, who uh, I believe Christian Bale might have worked with... No, just once. Never mind. Um, I really enjoyed his direction style in this one. Um, Jennifer Jason Leigh is another... Like Rebecca Hall is an extremely, extremely underrated actress. Um, I quite enjoy her work. Um, I have this at four stars. Um, Wes, it looks like you have this at four stars as well. So we... uh, Uh, kind of um, have this at the same level, but I I don't know. I think I just hold it so highly because of how much Christian Bale dedicates to his different roles. Like, for this, for, like, three months straight, all he ate every day was um, an apple and a can of tuna and then just smoked a bunch of cigarettes. And then you look at him for, like, Vice and how much weight he gained for Vice and how, like... He, he wasn't, like, a little bit overweight. He was genuinely fat. Like, Christian Bale was fat. And then you look at, like, Bruce Wayne and how cut. And he, it's just, like, he is just so impressive as an actor and how far he will go to put himself into these roles. And it really shows because he gives such outstanding performances. It's in this, especially as Trevor Resnick, um, I personally just love this film.
1: Yeah, it's a great film. I think it's a really good Hitchcocky type type uh, vibe to it, too. Because even the score is so Bernard Herrmann-sounding, which I don't know who yeah. did it, but I think they were probably trying to sound like Bernard Herrmann, if I had to guess. Um, yeah. Just really excellent film. Yeah, 100%. Um, have you guys seen
0: Barbarian? came out 2021, I believe, 2022. Oh, yeah, Barbarian's it's just the, the, the Justin <laughs> Long
2: movie directed by the guy who did Miss March. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: you have seen that. Okay, so this is one I wanted to touch on because I absolutely love this film. And Jagger, I know someone we've been trying to get on our pod for a while is Owen. Um, Owen hates films. Um,
2: We both love him. Owen actually has this at a four star. Um, A four star from Owen is like the Godfather. (laughs) Yeah, I think this film is outstanding. Yeah, I thought it was as well. Yeah,
0: I thought this was a really refreshing take on the horror genre. Um, it was very, very unexpected. You couldn't really tell where it was going to go. I think Justin Long gave one of the funniest performances of his career. The whole sequence, my, I mean, my dad talks about this sequence very highly, um, who uh, people you can be looking forward to having. My father will be making an appearance on our podcast uh, in the next month or so um, to review Groundhog's Day um just a little shout out to my dad but he talks about like the whole sequence where justin long is measuring the basement and is just like oh my god this is gonna add so much to the square footage when i sell this place yeah. is just comedic gold it's so funny uh, yeah. but i'm wondering what are your thoughts about what are your guys thoughts about this film
1: i agree with everything you said justin long is hilarious in it oh um, and like it's just really clever like the the way it's written how it it's it, It kind of starts with this story and then it jumps to Justin Long. And you're like, what's going on? What's happening here? And then the two pieces come together really satisfyingly at the end. I just think it's a really, uh, like almost, I wouldn't say underrated because it did get highly praised. But it does kind of feel underrated when it doesn't even have a physical release or, you know, any way to like, uh, it it only exists on streaming. Yeah, it doesn't have a physical release, I don't believe at all. Uh, at least in the U.S., and it's only available through, like, you know, Hulu and whatever. Um, Yeah, super lame. So it's not—I wouldn't say it's underrated, but the fact that it didn't get the kind of releasing it should have makes it feel underrated to me, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Jagger, what about you? What are some things you like about this film?
2: I have Barbarian at four stars, and Barbarian was a movie that I watched with a pretty big group of people, and the amount of times that we've been sitting, like, on a phone call— and the, like, buh buh buh, 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 has just been referenced over and over and over again.
1: Because... My mom just
2: said that. After he said that, I, I just hear my mom go, baby.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs> it is such a bizarre movie, but a miraculous movie at that. Uh, yeah. Some very memorable sequences. A very, very yeah. fresh take on the horror genre, like you said. Really yes. unique. Yes. Yeah. Um, the camera work as well. The camera
0: work in this film is outstanding. I think there's some really, really fun shots in this movie, um, and and the transfer between so you get the, like the transfer between the uh, present and then you get the you go into the past of the previous of the original owner of the house.
1: Mm-hmm. The way
0: the 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 it transfers like types of film and 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 the like the color scheme and the camera work just transfers. And makes you feel like you really are going back to this time. I, I thought thought was really interesting. Um but I would love to see a physical, I would buy yes. this in a heartbeat. Um, especially uh Wes, I think you have the same uh custom poster as I do, the baby with the bottle on it, um for this film. Um I would love to see like a seal book or a criterion collection with that poster yes. on it. I would I would spend a heinous amount of money for that. Yes. Um, I-
2: Oh, and if we're on the topic of thrillers, and I know we had mentioned Christian Bale before, one that we kind of skimmed over, and I know with TikTok it's sort of become an overrated mess, American Psycho is still a great film. Um hey, Paul. It is. <laughs> I watched it the first time, found it very disturbing, watched it the second time, started to realize, oh, wait, this is really funny, and then watched it a third time. And could not stop laughing through the entire runtime of it. Um, and I feel like a movie that's able to achieve that is pretty impressive. Um, but I would like to hear your guys' thoughts.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it was I when I first saw it. I I wasn't like really. It was kind of early in my film journey. I don't think I was really developed in my media literacy yet. Um, and so I was kind of like, who cares about their calling card what like who cares and i was like this movie doesn't make any sense and i i was like really confused by the end and i kind of like just was like that was a really weird movie right and like i don't know years later i was like maybe if i read the book i'll understand it better so i did i read the book and the book is (laughs) my god so much more messed up than the movie could ever even like there are things that happen in that book that are very hard to read and then I watched it again, and I did realize that the movie is kind of a comedy. That it's like a satire on Wall Street. And oh, uh, it 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 is so disturbing, but also it is pretty funny. And the book has a lot of really funny parts, too. Like, there's one part where you like, maybe this isn't funny to other people, but reading it, it was kind of funny to me. He picks up, like, a mollusk off the beach at one part when they go to the Hamptons, and he takes it in, and he puts it in the microwave for no reason. And then, like, while that's happening, he's watching some show that he watches— and there's a mollusk being interviewed on the show. <laughs> and so, like, there's, like, this mollusk, like, giving, like, mouth sounds, I guess. And he's all talking about how it made him cry. And it makes no sense. And it's just like, what on earth am I reading? And, and Patrick Bateman is just one of the most twisted characters ever, ever written. And I think uh, t- to pull it off the way that they did was pretty yeah. incredible because I could never imagine adapting that book in a million years. So they did a really good job yeah,
0: I personally have not gotten the chance to watch this film. I need to get around on it. But I do find it very interesting as in the way that it 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 is currently a part of our uh, popular culture and media. And I think it is one of the most misinterpreted movies of all time so yeah and because i've watched i've watched interviews with Bale. i've watched interviews uh with the director whose name i can't quite remember it's on the tip
2: mary mary
0: heron mary heron um and they're like yeah this is a satire of wall street this is it's supposed to be a joke these are all this stuff and like even christian bale will talk about in interviews like i had guys coming up to me on the sidewalk like oh my gosh i love uh i I love Patrick Bateman like I relate so much to him and so much like this and he's like and Christian Bale would be like you're joking right and he's they're like no and I'm like and he's like oh okay you don't understand this film and um and it's really interesting like the the uh people that use this film like this like the whole sigma male community who are like I'm Patrick Bateman. I'm Travis Bickle. I'm. And you really look at these characters that they're relating themselves to, and you're like, wow, yeah, okay, you're a psychopath. All these characters are psychopaths. Those right. are not
2: um, people that you want to be. That's the no. point of the movie. And no. you'd
1: think these kind of movies would be like, it's a pretty well established genre of like the toxic male. Character that yeah. Yeah. isn't supposed to be idolized. Like it's 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 old. It's an old genre. It's not new. So like the fact that people are still walking away from these type of movies, going, "Oh, I want to be Patrick Bateman. That's so cool. I want to be just like him." I'm like what? And and the same thing with Wolf of Wall Street. When that came out, there was people walking out going, "Why did they idolize Jordan Belfort?" And I'm like, "Did you did you see the same movie I saw? Because Jordan Belfort looked like a total tool to me. <laughs> like yeah. my goodness, big time." And um,
2: Fight Club. And, Talk about misinterpreted movies, by God! Right, yeah.
0: And another thing I find super interesting about it is like it's it's idolized by this whole Sigma male community, at least on social media, and a community that is generally the people related with it, like the 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 the, the Andrew Tates, the uh, the people like that, are extremely sexist people. And they're like, American Psycho is the perfect example of what a man should be like. And you know what's really funny about that? Is that American Psycho is directed by a woman. Right. And these guys are obviously so ignorant about, like, the people behind this movie. And, and, the, uh, and it's written by – the
1: movie was adapted from the book by two women. Um, well, the book is Brett Easton Ellis. He's a, he's a gay man. Yeah, and it's just like these guys are
0: like, oh, women belong in the kitchen, and men, men are the the men, You take what you want, and it's like, n- n- no, you really don't under. It's just it's really interesting looking at it from a how it's affected our pop culture today. Um, I think it's a really interesting film that there's a lot can be said about our pop culture today through this
1: film. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and who would who would see Patrick Bateman as happy at the end and want that? as their life like he has nothing going for him by the end of the movie he doesn't have any friends he doesn't even recognize he's not recognized in a room people get him confused with everyone else all the time like who wants that life who would want to be patrick bateman it's people are just not thinking about these movies enough i don't think when they watch them they're like oh he's so cool because it's it's christian bale he's a handsome man he's got a nice body he's wearing nice clothes that's all they see but it's like He's not happy. Um,
0: he's a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's really odd. Um, but yeah. Um, Wes, we would like to thank you for coming on our p- podcast today. Um, it was an absolute pleasure. We would love to have you on again. Um, you want to tell uh, everybody where they can find you, whether they can find your content, uh, what kind of stuff you make. um we'll do a little self-promotion.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I've, I've really loved being on and I would love to be back. Um, you can find me on TikTok. My TikTok is Wespresso underscore films. Um, Wespresso like Espresso but with a W. Um, or you, I think you can just search West Talks movies and I pop up or West Talk movies. Yeah. And um, I right now mostly talking about international film until the strike's over. Um, I just posted a review about a Korean thriller that I don't think I've heard anybody else talk about. So Maybe that should be interesting for some people. What was it, like? um,
2: it was Confessions of a Murder, right?
1: Yeah, Confession of Murder. And it was uh, really interesting um, about this, like, Statue of Limitation expiring for a serial killer and him coming out and writing a book about it and becoming, like, this pop star, basically, off the selling of this book. Really, really interesting, very action-packed, fun film. Uh, not at all similar to... Like I saw the devil, (laughs) not at all similar to, uh, I guess other thrillers that you might uh, think are similar, but no, it's very goofy action packed, super fun, almost, almost Indiana Jonesy with its car chase scenes. Um, Um, but, uh, yeah, so you can find me there. I talk about all that stuff. Um, and I, I'm so happy you guys invited me on the podcast. I thought it was really fun talking about everything today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, for us, If you're watching this on YouTube right now, please hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment today with uh, any questions you have. Again, we're going to do a monthly... We're going to start doing, if we get enough questions, uh, a monthly Q&A episode. Um, Leave us a comment with uh, your favorite thrillers. um, And um, subscribe, like. uh, If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating. Um, It just helps us more. um, And... uh, we again, we have merch live in our YouTube channel description, and if you go there, if you're listening on Spotify, go to our YouTube channel, check out our merch, and if you're there checking out our merch, you might as well hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Um, again, uh, you can find me uh, at Trey the Film Noob on TikTok, uh, Twitter. I'm just at, uh, or I'm just Trey the Film Noob, um, and you can find me on uh, Letterboxd, at Trey the Film Noob. Um, and then you can find Jagger. You have a bunch of different names going on right now. So why don't you uh, shoot them out?
2: All right. So it's Jagger Film Reviews on TikTok and Twitter, Jagger Film Fan on Letterboxd, and Jagger the Movie Guy on Instagram.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Average Film Enjoyer podcast. If you would like to prepare for our next episode, which will be Friday, uh the 22nd i believe um we will be reviewing uh cool hand luke um with our special guest jagger uh, zach uh, does he have like a huge tiktok handle or uh,
2: his tiktok can... handle is zach underscore b i think um, yeah but
0: he's a fellow movie talker that we wanted to have on the pod um and we are reviewing the paul newman classic cool hand luke so check that out before our next episode And again, thank you for joining us. We always appreciate the support. And uh, we hope you have a great rest of your day or night whenever you are listening to this.